Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. Today's episode is going to be 1 Samuel chapter 1. So let me read you a little uh, introduction to, to the book of Samuel. Two great institutions were now to be prominently brought forward and established, both marking a distinct advance in the history of Israel and showing forth more fully than before its typical character. These two institutions were the prophetic order and the monarchy. Both are connected with the history of Samuel, and this explains alike why the books which record this part of sacred history bear the name of Samuel, and why they close not with the death of David, as might have been expected in a biography or in a history of his reign, but with the final establishment of his kingdom. At the close of Second Samuel, four chapters, 21 to 24, are added as a sort of appendix, in which various events are arranged not chronologically but in accordance with the general plan and scope of the work, which is to present Israel as the kingdom of God and as under the guidance of the spirit of prophecy. This also explains two other peculiarities. In a work compiled with such an object constantly in view, we do not expect, nor do we find in it, a strictly chronological arrangement of events. Again, we notice large gaps in the history of Samuel, Saul, and David, long periods and important facts being omitted, with which the author must have been acquainted, and to which, indeed, in some instances, he afterwards expressly refers, while other periods and events are detailed in great, at great length. All these peculiarities are not accidental, but designed and in accordance with the general plan of the work. For we must bear in mind that as in the case of other parts of Holy Scripture, so in the books of Samuel, we must not look for biographies as, as of Samuel, Saul, and David, nor yet expect merely an account of their administration, but a history of the kingdom of God during a new period in its development and in a fresh stage in its onward movement towards the end. That end was the establishment of the kingdom of God in him, to whom alike the Aaronic priesthood, the prophetic order, and Israel's royalty were in, intended to point. These three institutions were prominently brought forward in the new period which opens in the books of Samuel. First, we have in the history of Eli a revival of the interest attaching to the priesthood. Next, we see in Samuel the real commencement of the Old Testament prophetic order. Not that the idea of it was new, or the people unprepared for it. We can trace it so early as in Genesis 20, verse 7, and we find it and find not only Moses, but even Miriam, designated by the title of prophet, while the character and functions of the office are clearly defined in Deuteronomy 13. And again, that was by Edersheim. I like him. Verse 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathan Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, which means favor or grace, and the name of the other, Penina, which means pearl or coral. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Most likely he had two wives because the first had no children. And this man went up out of, the, out of his city yearly at the Passover to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. 
And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. In other words, Hannah received the portion for two people, twice as much as Penina. And her, anniversary, and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, Why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not a better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness, remember this is the tabernacle, and she was in bitterness of soul, or sadness, grief, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. So she's uh, promising also that he would be a Nazarite, enter into a Nazarite vow. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked or saw her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered him and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of, of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, Hebrew worthlessness, good for nothing, base wickedness, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And then, uh, and then, and they rose up in the morning, and they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house in uh, to, to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after. Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his, and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abode forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou weaned him only the Lord established his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when, the, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thou liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and be worshipped. And he worshipped the Lord there. And so that's the end of the chapter. And so that, uh, you know, here here's Hannah having this uh, long-awaited blessing. 
Uh, in the Doctrine and Covenants, it says, Verily I say unto you, my friends, fear not, let your hearts be comforted, yea, rejoice evermore, and in everything give thanks, waiting patiently on the Lord, for your prayers have entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, and are recorded with this seal and testament. The Lord hath sworn and decreed, they shall be granted. Therefore, he giveth this promise unto you with an immutable covenant that they shall be fulfilled. And all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good. And to my name's glory, saith the Lord. So sometimes it seems like our prayers are not being answered, but the Lord is answering them. And he'll answer them at the right time for us. I bear testimony that these things are true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.